Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Box Set Pod, another Gilmore Girls special. This is going to be the last Gilmore Girls special, I promise you. It's just that Gilmore Girls have just released a brand new set of four films, uh, the first release in like a decade or whatever it is, and so Mel and I couldn't help but reform to mark this momentous moment and deal with our reviews, but also maybe uh, the way that other people have reacted to it as well. We will see. Uh, this is a spoiler podcast. If you've never seen the Gilmore Girls, uh, I don't recommend listening to this. If you <laughs> just do not intend in watching the Gilmore Girls, then hang around because it might be interesting anyway, and we can talk to Mel about Donald Trump. No. Yay. No. How's Me life? <laughs> so, so the last Gilmore Girls we did was three days before he got elected. How has, has life changed significantly other than your mood? Um... You know, I have the luxury of being a white female, so not so much for me, but yeah. unfortunately for some of my friends, yes. Oh, I can't begin to imagine. I, I, I have no words. I have no words for what's happening here, and it's – yeah, it's it's scary. It's horrifying. It's depressing. I guess I do have some words. Um, <laughs> I, I am not happy. I will say that. I yeah. am not happy, and this holiday season is – very challenging. Yeah, I bet. Because family members voted for him, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's been there's there's whole swaths of conversations you cannot have right now. So yeah, I bet. Well, that brings us on to Gilmore Girls. Um, yeah, speaking of challenging families. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, let's. I was dying to do this podcast on Saturday, which was when I watched uh, all four, and. Um, I just, couldn't, I just couldn't wait. You don't want to do it anymore. You're like, you oh, know what? That, that's terrible. I, I definitely want to do it. I was just <laughs> frustrated that there weren't other people doing it. The Gilmore Guys podcast, which I'm a big fan of, came out today, uh, Monday. and No, yesterday, Monday. And, um, uh, and I've listened to those guys. I emailed them, actually, to ask them if they wanted to join us. But I did only email them four hours ago, so I don't think they're going <laughs> to. <laughs> I didn't really give them a fair chance there. Um <laughs> But uh, listening to them, I was just um, – I, I have a lot of questions around um, – I have a, a question around transatlantic viewing and how you in America watch things compared to how we might watch things here. Um, I've got a really loose theory, and it might be more to do with me being a – an entertainer rather than actual America versus Britain. It might just be about fans, fan obsession. But um, let me let me start by asking you a question to get into this, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Mel, how do you see the Brits and our faults? If if you were to if you were to, what would annoy you? Do you imagine about our personalities if you moved to England and you lived in England? Um. 
I think there's a perception that there's a lot of timidity or um, not saying, not being direct. Not saying what you think. Yeah. Right. And and that would bother me because, I mean, I'm, I'm all for being tactful, but I get annoyed when people just beat around the bush forever and don't actually say what they mean see, or I, expect somebody to just know what you mean without actually saying it. That definitely exists. There's this old um, booklet or it might have been a video, but I think it was a booklet. There's this old booklet from at a war museum that I saw for when the American soldiers were coming over to Britain to live in the Second World War, and uh, it was their guide to understanding Britain. And it said, uh, you, will, uh, you will find that the uh, British people are on a small island. It is not done to raise your voice and to speak mm. loudly and to... Um, and it's uh, it's very funny, but it's also quite true that I think when you're when you are when there's a lot of people in a very small space, um, mm-hmm. naturally you you have a quite a reserved approach to most things. And and it's you know I can sit in a waiting room with sixteen people and nobody say a word for the full four hours that you sat there, you know. <laughs> and in those moments, I go, God, this would not happen in America. The flip yeah. side is sometimes I'm sat in an American restaurant and mm-hmm. it's like a competition for who can shout the loudest. Oh and yes. <laughs> I don't want to go. Shut oh, up. I, we just had American Thanksgiving here, and yeah. <laughs> I was at that we had two because my my older brother worked on Thanksgiving Day, so we had. Thanksgiving at his house on Sunday. Yeah. He's the one that has the 10 children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him and his wife's parents were there and they're quite loud. Right. And they brought their dog, their little yappy <laughs> poodle. And we're trying to play a game. And I, I kid you not, I turned around and I said, would you please stop talking <laughs> and uh. shut the dog up? I mean, I, was, I just, I could not take it anymore they weren't even playing the game but they're sitting over on the side yelling at each other yeah because they they only talk at the top of their lungs and the dog and they thought it was hilarious that they were getting the dog to bark i'm like are are you kidding me right now (laughs) i mean i get the 12 children running around screaming but definitely word economy and um volume definite differences between the countries and i think that's partly why um hollywood could only exist in america because (laughs) people are all performers and it's super confident in what they're saying over here even i if i have to stand up in front of a group and talk i'm incredibly terrified and there's not the same um expectation of I am entitled to say what I think. And mm-hmm. um, something that struck me when I was listening to the the Gilmore Guys podcast was um, there's a flip side to what you said, which is also annoying, which is that people have learned to say, I feel in America. And we mm-hmm. don't necessarily do that here. It's, uh, people say, they say the same cutting things, but they just prefix it with, I feel. So mm-hmm. someone goes, I feel that... Um, I feel that Donald Trump should have won the election and the other person will go, I feel that that's absolute bullshit. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and it's kind of nobody now, really gets angry and fights. They kind of uh, they've learned to communicate in a that's polite interesting way. interesting because I've actually had to, in the last year, retrain myself to preface things with I feel instead right. of I, I think because females have been trained to say I think instead of I feel because it's more powerful, mm-hmm. it's more impactful mm-hmm. because emotions are feminine. Yeah. And so from an early age, I was taught to not say yeah. I feel. 
Okay. And okay. so it's um, that's that's a really interesting perspective, and I wonder if that is maybe a bit more on the gender side of things than um, I, I, either the gender or cultural. either gender or generational. Um, po- Perhaps. Possibly the the people who are a bit younger than us have learned this skill of communicating, mm-hmm. but. Okay, so the, the reason behind all of that question is that um, I was watching the Walking Dead uh, series opener and then the Talking Dead program that's afterwards, and it was this live event from Hollywood, and uh, there were thousands of fans there, and the cast were there, and, uh, you know, people die in the first episode of yes, the new series. I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And the mood, when they cut to Chris Hardwick hosting the show, the mood was like actual people had died. People mm-hmm. were distraught um but and it wasn't so much that the audience felt like that it was that chris hardwick's delivery was like we're going to get through this together and it was mm-hmm. entirely sincere sincere doesn't one of the plus points of that british reservedness is that we don't do we find sincerity quite funny and um, monty python did a lot to, get, uh, to to sort of fight anything that was that was black or white you know and uh, turn things on their head and and I wonder whether Americans are more susceptible to getting blinded by their commitment to things. So you, you, uh, you said British people perhaps would find it harder to commit to their, their thoughts and their feelings and stand up and say, this is what I think. Well, I wonder whether that, what comes with that commitment is a kind of, once you're committed, you are slavishly devoted to mm-hmm. that thing. And the reason I ask all of this is that I listened to the Gilmore Guys review and... I cannot believe that people who are huge fans of that show, <laughs> as I am, don't just go, this is freaking awesome. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's brilliant. It's okay, it's got a few faults, but I mean, it, it took them like half an hour before they actually gave an opinion on what they thought. And it was to the point that it was almost really? awkward. Yeah. Um, and then when they did, you know, they pointed out a few things and stuff, but, but, really passionately against what certain characters would do or or wouldn't do. And like we were saying last time about the writer's uh, blindness, what was it called? The writer's... Um, the writer's... Well, you know, we were saying you can't... A writer can't think as a critic while they're writing. Yes. What was uh-huh. that called? You had a name for it. Uh, studied. I am drawing a blank now that you've put me on the spot. So you thanks studied for that. it in like um, uh, literacy one hundred and one uh, or whatever. Right, authorial intent. <laughs> there you go. Auth- yes. The authorial intent. Um, <clears throat> for me, I, I watch this and fundamentally, I go, "You cannot say this character wouldn't do this. This character lives in the mind of the person who wrote it, and if they mm-hmm. decide that the character would do it, the character does it." That's where they live. They don't live anywhere else. They live exactly. in the world of the thing. So you. So what are what are they saying that the characters wouldn't do? Oh, oh God! I wish I'd made notes, but the podcast's about two and a half hours long. Um, Crikey! Uh, that's short for some of their podcasts, um, and they're wonderful. I don't want anyone to think that I'm uh, bad mouthing them, um, but. Uh, I oh god, maybe it'll come to me as we're talking. Oh, oh right. here we go, here we go. Okay, here is my biggest problem with reviews that people have made, and this is certainly what one of the Gilmore guys, um, one of the Gilmore guys' perspective is this, and maybe mm-hmm. you agree because you're an American. Um, Rory, <laughs> there is nothing that Rory does in this thing that uh, that they like. Now, really? Yeah. Now. 
that's acceptable. I mean, almost everything that she does, she's cheating on her boyfriend. She's cheating on somebody else's fiance. She goes to she's a done job interview. She has, but she goes to a job interview that's uh, unprepared. Generally, she's quite shitty across the board. The fat shaming stuff at the start of uh, summer is pretty horrendous. Um, they, but we'll come on to that. Um, and so the closeness to that, people are very close to that and go, Rory is almost like this is right. This is a criticism of the program that Rory is behaving like this. Mm-hmm. I don't have that criticism. I go, yes, she's behaving like that. That's the point of the story. That's mm-hmm. where where she is at in life is where those of us who I I I uh, had a dream to be a theater director and then a radio presenter I achieved those things I'm now in my 30s I've quit those things I'm not sure what I'm doing I could easily be if I wasn't married and saved a bit of money I could easily be exactly in <laughs> her position mm-hmm. and it's a I think what Amy Sherman has done is written a really good um a description of where a lot of people who are in their 30s in what is now gig culture, where people have to move from job to job, mm-hmm. um, the 30-somethings who move home, all of that is that's what it's about. It's about Rory being in flux and about Lorelai being in, being in flux. Mm-hmm. It's about both of them in, not in a good place. Right. For that's one thing, their father and their grandfather just died, and he was a huge presence in their lives. Mm. And that's – I mean that's one of the themes of all four of these episodes is all three of the Gilmore women dealing with the fact that Richard's gone and mm. how they deal with it. Um, and for Rory, it comes at a time when, yes, yeah, she's in flux professionally and personally. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I connected with that a little bit more because I am a freelance writer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I'm not, I, I haven't gotten the talk of the town piece in the New Yorker yet, but, yeah. um, I also didn't go to Yale. So there's that, yeah. but you know, she's, um, it, I, I, I get it. I a hundred percent get that. I'm looking for new clients right now. I'm looking for new gigs right now. Mm. And so I, you know, that makes sense. it is hard. It's frustrating. It's sometimes demoralizing. Yeah. Um, you want something so bad and you, you go after it and you think you've got it and then they go a different way mm-hmm. and it's really beyond your control. Mm. Um, yeah. Yes. So, so I watched it. Did, did you identify with that when you were watching it as well? Is it now yeah. that we're talking about? It? So, yeah, yeah, totally. That's kind of the point for me. I, I wonder whether if you if you're not in that situation, for example, if you've had a really successful <laughs> podcast called The Gilmore mm-hmm. Guys, uh, maybe it's harder to empathise with that, or maybe they do, or maybe half of them do. I, I'm not sure. Um, but it struck me that as a fan, at least one of them there, and certainly lots of people on the internet. I'm not. Trying, trying to start beef with the Gilmore guys. I'm saying um, a lot of people who watched it felt that way and went, oh, what is Rory doing? And you're going, that's what you're supposed to be saying when you're watching it. That's right. what she's saying while she's mm-hmm. doing it. She's going, what am I doing? And I saw it as, I mean, obviously we have that huge life-changing thing at the end there. Mm. But in before that, we have, look, she has an opportunity. She has a standing invitation to become... Um, a teacher at Chilton, mm. which is a is a prestigious gig. Um, she's she's got um, the the Stars Hollow Gazette that she's the editor of now, which I understand is not paying, but still. Yeah. 
I mean, she's got that. She, it's not that she has options. She just has to figure out what she wants to do. Yeah. Um, you know, she's and, – and, you know, Logan isn't a real option. And I have my issues with that, mm. how, you know, how that relationship was portrayed and how it played out. But, again, mm. it's not – Let's do it. What are your issues? The, so, well, first of all, I, what I mean, did you think? How happy she, are you? <laughs> how happy am I with the with, with this? the whole with the whole? Happy, I'm good. Great. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had my, you know, I had my my moments where I was like, okay, that could have been better, or I felt like. Let's just say right now that the musical was ridiculous. That was ten minutes. It was. <laughs> it was. It was way too long. Um, yeah. I appreciate that it was that, and that's actually one of my big issues with. Um, I say big issues, but it was one of my my issues with the movies is the meta. Yeah, they it felt a lot of times it really felt just shoehorned in there. Mm-hmm. I like it to be a bit more subtle. Yeah, <laughs> um, and especially you know that opening that opening five ten minutes at the gazebo where they're doing the whole catch up and everything. Mm. Um, that was. Oh, it feels like, you know, it's been years. Okay, yes. Ha ha, that's hilarious. I know that they're better writers than that. That just felt clunky. And then the fact that Alexis Bledel, it took her a while to settle back into Rory. Um, that, you know, I could I could see the gears turning sometimes, and that takes you right out of it. But I, you see, I disagree with you on the meta stuff. This is This is my other thought about being super mm-hmm. fans, is that if you were to watch that and... Um, if they didn't give lots of nods to the audience, it would be a bit odd. But, but also, it if you elegant. well, it could have been. But that is only for you to to see. If you've never watched Gilmore Girls, if you if you were to judge that purely as a, a newcomer, you wouldn't know what they were referring to, and you wouldn't notice that it was a reference to anything. You'd just think they were saying it feels like it's been years. So, but how I'm the one who's important here. Well, yes, but but you're <laughs> you're complaining about a gift that has been given to you that nobody mm-hmm. else knows about. That's how I see it. The fans are given these little I, Easter eggs of gifts and then going. I know, but I've seen other shows do it more subtly, more elegantly, and I expected that. I ex- I think I expected them to weave that sort of thing in the same way that they weave the pop culture shoutouts in. Mm. Which yeah. it's it's practically seamless. How co- why couldn't they do that in this case? Why did we have to do the whole, you know, stop break the fourth wall? Yeah. Make sure you guys got it. Okay, let's move on. It just it broke up the pacing. It was clunky. It was just clunky. I don't think it did. I I think that you broke the fourth wall in that moment. I think if you watched it twice more, it wouldn't mm-hmm. break the fourth wall in that moment. Like it's so hard to watch. It's like your brain's in overload if you're a Gilmore Girls fan yeah. and you watch those the first time because you're just going, "Oh my god, Mr. Kim." <laughs> like the Mr. Kim moment, for example. Now that was good. Yeah, and, and the Gilmore guys made a really good point about this. They said, "You didn't need to show Mr. Kim. You could have said, "Oh, look, my dad's here." So it could have been more subtle. You didn't have to see yeah. him. But by the same token, if I was a newcomer and watched it and she said, oh, look, my dad's here and we didn't cut to him, I mm-hmm. kind of go, oh, what was the point of that line? Is he coming back into it later? So for uh-huh. me, you do have to see him. So for but the see, fans, things could have been subtler, but they were only no. there for the fans. Yeah, but that wasn't clunky to me. I was glad that we finally got to see Mr. Kim. Well, there you go. And I thought that worked. It was just that there were times when I was like, okay, you, you're hilarious. Yeah. 
we get it. I just, I'm not used to seeing the work yeah. with this show. I'm yeah. not used to seeing the work. And I felt like there were times when I could see the work and that took me out of it. Well, so it's just, it's not what I'm used to with this show. Fair but enough. But there were other times, I mean, gosh, all of the Emily stuff was, holy crap. Yeah. Great. I mean, she, if she's not nominated for something. Yeah. Yeah. For this, um, I, I don't know what's wrong with the critics. She was fantastic. Um, Lauren yeah. Graham, she did an amazing job with you know almost everything. Um, Luke's speech to her when she gets back from her non-hike. Yeah. That was, I mean, he had me in tears. Yeah, that was great. Was, that was the that was fantastic, and you know, and I think for those Luke and Lorelai doubters. Mm-hmm. That was a moment. There was oh, oh, there was one thing that stood out for me on the Luke Lorelai or Lauren Graham Scott Patterson front, which was at the very end when they get married and they walk down the steps uh, from being married. Lauren mm-hmm. Graham leaves with Lane or something, and <laughs> Centauri. Uh, sorry, um, Luke leaves with. Rory. Yes. And Lauren's left up there on her own. And I just think, uh-huh. could they not have walked off arm in arm? Like, I thought that was weird too. If you just kissed someone and just got married to them, don't you hold on to them for at least 10 <laughs> yes. minutes? <laughs> or 10 seconds, maybe. I yeah. mean, yeah. That, that was odd. But again, and again, that was part of that kind of, that little bit of clunkiness that I'm just not used to with this show. Yeah. Because they needed to do that so that she would be then sitting on the stairs so Rory could come talk to her. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But yeah. but they could have done that 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 could have been done they could have cut to it. Uh, better. It just yeah, it just yeah. could have been done a little bit better and top two crying moments for me. One, mm-hmm. the phone call back to her mom with the story of yes. being a kid. Oh my God. I Weeping Oh, I cried like a baby. It was yep. just be oh, what a beautiful, beautiful moment. And then the um, the song before that in in um, which one was it? Spring, summer. Um, the song when she sat and it never or now, now or never, mm-hmm. whatever it is. When she sat there listening to that and the song it's about nev- never or now, never yeah. or now. That's that is. The point of all four of these things is mm-hmm. I thought that my life would be sorted by now and it isn't for both of them. Lorelai sorts her life out by the end of these four films. The reason mm-hmm. I think there's going to be more Gilmore Girls is that Rory receives zero resolution. Yep. That's why I think if if they're not made, it will be due to contracts, but it's definitely been not just i'm pregnant it's definitely been set up um Mm -hmm. narratively to continue it and also certainly that the whole surrogate thing that um that -hmm. will become luke and lorelei's child but yes exactly um that the grandchild will become their child you mean yes yeah yes because of all the we want kids but we can't have kids oh look there's a kid on the way yes exactly Mm -hmm. um I, you know, I, I had to remind myself repeatedly, and I'm glad that that they kept saying Rory's 32, Rory's 32, yeah. so that we could be reminded that that <laughs> means that Lorelai is 48. Yeah, she yeah. does not look 48, but she is 48. Yeah, and she doesn't act like she is sometimes. Remember, we were talking no. about her still being 16 in some ways. Totally, and there were a and, couple of moments of her being mm-hmm. silly again. But and fine. you were like, "Yep, there's that 16 year old." Yeah. Um. 
so you know I, I just had to kind of keep reminding myself of that and yeah, um, yeah. to put, get some perspective on what was going on but I agree I think that for one thing I, I think that um they really really set up for Rory to be the next chapter I I think that Lorelai will always be present because it's Gilmore Girls. Yeah. But this was very much about, um, you know, Lorelai's journey and resolution, like you said. Yes. Rory didn't have that. And so I think that they kind of have to do something else. But I wonder if those were always going to be the final four words. Yeah. Did I, she, I mean. I think so. I, I think that they were supposed to be the final. Well. I, they were. She flat out said they, they were supposed to be the final four words. And so that would have been when Rory graduated from college. Yeah. And so how different, yeah. how different would that have been? Yeah. Between um, then and now. Unless mm -hmm. the whole idea was that Lorelai and Luke take over that child. Mm -hmm. So. If if that idea was still the same, but you didn't have the whole "Am I too old now?" Um, mm -hmm. and it was just that, well, Rory's got to go off and have a career. Well, guess what, Lorelai, you now have to start all over again for mm -hmm. the sacrifice of your daughter. For that, your daughter, yeah. That what worries me is that if they did bring it back, that they that that it's then a repeat because you've set up Logan as Chris, you've set up uh, you know, Jess as Luke, yeah, yeah, all of that. Um, but I don't think they do that because I th I just feel like, uh, uh, apart from anyone who guessed and suspected that it might be a pregnancy for the last four words, I, I just feel like I was surprised by everything in it. Like, And this is my thing about the meta stuff and everything. Okay, we can criticize that. But I always start from the point of view of if I was to sit down and try and do this, and this is the way I feel when I hear a Skrillex track for mm -hmm. example <laughs> i'm always impressed by things that i go that is an under like how did they do that and what they managed to do with these films was walk this line between um lots a massive cast loads of characters to catch mm -hmm. up with um contracts I'm guessing the musical had to be 10 minutes, otherwise there weren't enough scenes <laughs> yeah i'm guessing it's filler um Otherwise, they just seriously need to learn to edit. Um, uh, but I think they do know how to edit. I think they know entirely what they're doing. And if you start from that perspective, these people are phenomenally good at what they do. They they manage to tick so many boxes. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that I believe that I can now spot the difference between a Dan scene and an Amy scene. Oh, yeah? How so? Um, I think Daniel... Paladino's writing is a crueler humour. Amy mm. Sherman's writing is more about wordplay um, and observations. Dan, mm -hmm. I, I used to always be a little bit relieved in the initial series when Daniel had written something because I knew that what we'd have was less um, huge lengths of wordplay um, uh, tennis mm -hmm. and more actual traditional um comedy so somebody walks into a bar slips over someone says you're an idiot and it's a, and the comedy is quite cruel in in the way that we're quite used to with sort of um uh, probably male-led comic writing um mm -hmm. what happened in this was because of the length because of the ability to to have time to breathe there weren't any 
uh, sections of dialogue from either writer that made me go, oh, shut up, you're talking too fast. It was actually, <laughs> there was a bit of space, there was time to think. There was a lot of silence in between what was said and there was a lot of time to for your brain to catch up. So mm -hmm. she hasn't, I think she's genuinely seen that she doesn't need to ram in a thousand words every 30 seconds, mm -hmm. which is nice. Daniel Palladino then wrote the second, the middle two. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the summer one, which was then um, they were sat by the pool. And the humor there is, first of all, terrible fat shaming stuff, which was headless fatties walking uh, past. Uh, yeah. Uh, which, which I really hated. And mm -hmm. my, my sister is a, a doctor of social geography and, and studies this all the time and, and so I'm quite susceptible to it because I notice every time the news does an article on obesity you never see people's heads and it's mm -hmm. shameful imagine mm -hmm. swap fat for black in that situation mm -hmm. it would be dreadful and in the same scene they're sat by the pool uh, uh, later they're sat by the pool and they're being two southern bells but they've got the two lads holding mm -hmm. their holding their umbrellas in kind of servant roles which is almost a kind of weird slave thing kind of, can you tilt it a bit please it, it it was this real they were just total dicks in those scenes they just they were. behaved like dicks and I th i'm sure i said this to you on the last podcast or i wrote it down Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just thought it. It, it feels like um, the the p the potential for characters behaving like dicks is more possible when a person with a dick is writing the script. Mm, that's an interesting observation. <laughs> yeah, it's, I might be clutching at straws. But the, if I, if I was to argue against myself on the fat shaming stuff and and all of that stuff and the kind of slave stuff, it would be me saying. Um, Actually, if you were to write down what both Gilmore Girls do in this story, right up until the point that she makes the phone call to her mum from the mountains, if you mm -hmm. were to write everything that they did down, you could say that they are both behaving like dicks from start yes. to finish. Mm -hmm. So uh, it doesn't make fat shaming all right, because really we as an audience are supposed to be identifying with sitting by a pool and going, oh, mind the fat person. Um, but at the same time, they they are they're being wholly annoying, not nice people, uh, because their lives are in flux, because they're making mm -hmm. stupid decisions, and mm -hmm. eh, yeah, and they're being selfish. And I think we talked about this before that um, Lorelai is in particular is prone to being selfish. And I think Rory got a pass because she was so young, you know, and that's yeah. just she was still forming. But at this point, you know, as we were told five times, she's thirty two. And she's still making selfish decisions, for example, you know, having that relationship with Logan, even though she knew he was engaged. Yeah. And him, you know, the same with him. He hasn't changed. Yeah. No, he literally um, hasn't changed. Matt no. Suzuki is like the least changed face, like physically he hasn't mm -hmm. changed at all. But yes, carry on. Uh, you were talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, I mean, these – and that's where I, I – the people who criticize Rory – I feel like in these four four episodes, I feel like did you so did you just not watch the first seven seasons here? Because <laughs> yeah. this is she's always been set up as you know this perfect child, and mm. you know animals helped her dress in the morning. Yeah, but the girls got an undercurrent of 
dark darkness and you know she grew up with a a mother who was selfless and selfish at the same time and you know these and then these grandparents come into her life and she's she's got this weird dichotomy of being privileged and yet not Mm. and you know privileged in the sense that um you know she she was able to go to chilton she was able to go to yale yeah but in order to do that she, you know, she saw what it cost her mother yeah. to get her into Chilton. She saw the struggles. She, you know, she had a, it was a single parent situation. Mm-hmm. So she's got this, this odd dichotomy, but, um, she's not, she's not all puppies and rainbows. She's, she's not, I mean, she slept with a married man. Yes. In the, a, in the series, she's. I, I I mean, like, this is not new for her. She f- makes mistakes. Yeah, uh, and I feel like that's the relationship that people want to have with their protagonists is that they are them, and mm-hmm. if you, it is quite possible that Amy Sherman views these characters as separate people from herself, even if they are based on her. They, like most writers, they'll be based on her best and worst characteristics because that'll be where it comes from. So, um, it's possible that she's gone. Okay, kids who go to Yale are incredible. Can be incredibly entitled. They mm-hmm. can be all of these bad characteristics. They can also then have the worst come down in life because it's never going to be as good as it was when they were at Yale mm-hmm. and things can go wrong. And um, and she can, I think she's done a phenomenal job of drawing that line and um, allowing us to both w- w- wish her well, but also. Be, cri- be critical of her. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Lorelai. And at the same time, um, give little nods to the fans, give us everything that we that we need, not want. I mean, what do people want? Mm-hmm. Do they want just to visit? There's a difference in your head. You want to, in your heart, you want to go to Stars Hollow and just spend a day there. Well, mm-hmm. it also did that. There was lots of space. There was lots of nice, fun town stuff. There was Kirk mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but, God, Kirk. Yeah, but that can't be it. That can't be... The end of it, it's got to be a bloody story as well. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw it was it was really funny to me that um, not only did we have uh, the gay pride parade and addressing whether or not um, Taylor is gay. Yeah. Apparently, he doesn't think so. So I yeah. guess he's asexual. Um, I did find it amusing yeah. that Gypsy was the one who was pushing him on that, and she was the other character that we yeah. we talked about in the last <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then you know, but that that even came up. But then you know, I was asking you about does Stars Hollow have a gritty? Like, are there the mean streets of Stars Hollow? Is there a gritty side to it? Yeah. And what what is Taylor's big project? <laughs> the sewage. He wants sewers. <laughs> he wants sewers. He was another actor that hasn't aged. He looked great. Right. Oh my gosh! Amazing. Exactly the same. But yeah, that but. scene. You know, almost immediately they were they were tackling that, and mm-hmm. um, and also in the first one or in the first fifteen minutes, I think they talk about um, body shaming, which is ironic because mm-hmm. that one's written by Amy. <laughs> yep. Anyway, um, gosh, uh, everybody was so aggressively thin in this. I know, I know. Oh my gosh! Yeah. At first, I thought something was wrong with the aspect ratio on my television. And- <laughs> No, I. This is the same television I watched, rewatched the series on. So yeah, yeah. That's not it. I know. Um, so, was... so, um, two questions. Do you yes. think they'll do more? Yes. Okay, me too. Uh, 
and uh, provided everyone can do it and uh, I mean, yeah, there's so much subtext and this is the other baggage that I think Gilmore guys naturally bring to it because they know so much about behind the scenes. They had cameos in this as well. Um, Did which, they? Yeah, you know, you know, in the, were they um, the ones sitting on the steps? No, you know, the hipsters in who are all staying at the um, at the inn. Um, oh, the B-list movie star. Yeah, they were sat like on the table in there, which is ah, a, an awesome, okay. awesome treat. Well done them. Well done them for yeah, creating yeah, yeah. a podcast that has that. So a bit like you with your Chuck stuff. Um, uh-huh. And uh, what was I going to say? Second question was, what did you think? What was your immediate reaction? Take me back to the noise you made when you heard the last four words. Um, I threw my remote at the television and said, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it why? faded to black. It faded to black. <laughs> okay, why? Are, are you... Are you? Because that was the end. Are you, do you mean it's... Um, are you unhappy with the fact that she did it? Or are you excited as a fan? Are you... Is it the horror movie thing of don't open that door? Or are you going... Are, that, are, you, are you pleased with the last four words? As in... I'm excited about what it means for the character and for the story. Okay, fine. But I'm fine. angry that that was the end and that I don't get to see it. Yeah, yeah. My first reaction was, oh. <laughs> it was like, oh. I mean, I thought that they... I've gone under the pretense this whole time that one of the great things about this show is that it is not a soap opera. and mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they did the equivalent of going, uh, Grandma's just been in a car crash at the <laughs> on the yeah. last line. And I was like, oh, no. And also, um, for all of its feminist independence and stuff, you know, the, mm-hmm. the story for me was always about this woman who had to bring up a child young on her own, all of that. And it's almost like, as God, Amy Sherman has gone... Screw your, um, sc- screw the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the 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 girl has to be with child now. Like there's a, there was an element of that feeling for me of going one. This is too dramatic, but two, it seems like an easy decision, an easy dramatic decision to make, and one that doesn't surprise me in the way that the whole series surprises you as a series that isn't about sex in the city. Um, but to go back to everything that I've said, I cannot criticise that because that's what the woman thought when she first sat down to bloody write it and she's had those mm-hmm. words in her head all the way through. So I can't say it's wrong because without that, you don't get the rest. Um, right. And of course... And I think it's... <sighs> I I honestly I expected it earlier. Like I didn't think those were going to be the last words. Well, this is I the... expected Rory to come to turn up pregnant earlier in these four episodes. There's a basic rule in screenwriting that you cannot provide the solution in the final act if you haven't set it up in the first act, mm-hmm. right? And and at first I went, oh no, this is like someone stuck up a tree and suddenly they go, it's all right, I've got my magic parachute. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt a bit like that, but then the more you thought about it, the more you went, "Oh, the conversation, the conversation with her dad was about um, should she bring up the child on her own, just like Lorelai brought up the child on her own? Did she tell Christopher 
just like she should tell Logan. Um, and and also that it goes... You're assuming it's Lo- Logan? I think it's got to be, doesn't it? Because Or she's assuming that it's Logan because she's gone to see Christopher and said, did you tell mum or did whose decision was it that you didn't and he was saying she didn't want me to it was clear that she didn't want me to be a part of it and christopher represents logan in this world doesn't he Mm -hmm. i suppose so i think she imagines it is maybe it's not maybe it's bland old paul or whatever his name was um or the no or or the wookie the what's the bloody wookie that's going to be great um or or did she hook up with jess when she was in new york Mm, maybe she did. Oh, maybe it's Luke's. Eh? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, no. no. Um, Why did you go there? Well, you went to the imaginative first. It was your fault. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, what was, what was I saying? So, oh, but then when you think about that rule, when you think a screenwriter knows that you don't introduce the magic hammer in the last act, then you have mm-hmm. to go back to the first act and the Christopher mm-hmm. conversation was in the last act. Go back to the first act and go, where is it set up? And the answer is Lorelai and Luke going to the going to Paris's insemination mm-hmm. place because mm-hmm. um, that's not brought up again then after that. So, so that's the answer to the question, I suppose, which is why I think it's got to carry on. But I, I did, I did expect the last four words to be between her and Emily, mum, yeah. Uh, Lorelai, yes, I'm sorry, or I love you, or, you know, I, I didn't expect it to be a dramatic line. I thought it would be a passive, lovely roundup. And how cruel that Amy Sherman had decided all those years ago that the final words were going to be such a cliffhanger. So her I, intention I was, that that was that nothing would point. follow. There, she didn't know there was going to be anything yeah. else. <laughs> she thought that's how she, she would leave it. She was going to leave it. What an absolute cow. How could she do that's... that to us? Yes, that was part of my reaction was the me of, of nine years ago yeah. watching would have been so pissed off. Yeah. I mean, it would have it would have been the Chuck and Sarah on the beach scene. Yeah, yeah. Or at least Chuck and Sarah gave you a a glimmer of hope. It's pretty well signaled that she, well, well, yes, I agree, they, have, they have a kiss. I, and... I went through it with the fans. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. at the time, I thought that was a beautiful ending. But Me too. it's that same, you know, that same kind of if, if she had done that, if that had been the end of the series, yeah. you know, Netflix, this wasn't a thing. Yeah. There weren't revivals. Yeah. So um, she was just what a sadistic, sadistic plan, and and oh the moral. Gosh. What's your moral, Amy? Again, the moral of the story is: no matter how hard you try, you can't get out of the pattern of your, your what's come before. Or the moral is: women get pregnant young if their mums do, or 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 you. Thirty-two you... is not young. <laughs> okay, yeah, but it would have nope. been young. It would have been young. It, it would have been. It yes. would have been twenty-two. So and. You know, and it was the same – if you think about um, Rory's personal life, she had just broken up with Logan. Yeah, yeah. To, in yeah. order to pursue her career right. and, you know, in the in the original series. And then here she's broken up with Logan because he's getting married. So props right. to you, Rory. Okay, um, so if in the original she would split up with Logan and then said she's pregnant, perhaps Amy Sherman's kind of point there – not that she ever 
goes on about feminism, but perhaps the point there would have been to leave us going, oh my God, isn't it unfair how women can have their choices so limited when the the boy can fly off free? She wants to do a career thing, but she's not going to be able to now. So what choice does she have? Maybe there's a political um, uh, thing for us. Uh, maybe that was maybe, the, the thought. Maybe. Or maybe she doesn't give a shit about any of that <laughs> and fat shaming and all of that. And again, we just go back to she is writing things from her brain and she gets to imagine things just like George Lucas got to imagine things. Tough shit. She doesn't have to have a moral just because she's got girls in the title of a bloody piece. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, well, oh gosh, there's so much. I mean, there's just I understand why Gilmore guys went for two and a half hours. There's so much in these, yeah, um, yeah. six I, hours of I, new Gilmore Girls. I I have have to say though that this is this is now in my top three take on a spaceship series of all really? time. Thank you, Mel, for making me watch I'm this. I'm so glad. And these four episodes would be the the four that I took. I wouldn't take the previous. I I really? love the way that they're shot. I think it's a I actually think it's a masterful bit of writing. I don't find it as clunky as you do. But I think the way that they've walked that line between making something that's really new and beautiful and different, the way they've progressed it, that it's not gone backwards, it's not trying to um you know, the style has has matured as well in her writing and then mm-hmm. and then the way that they represent thirty some things and the way that mm-hmm. they represent when all of us have that moment in life like Lorelai and we go, We've got to find ourselves and then yep. when we go, Oh my god, I thought I had to find myself and actually I'm really fucking lucky compared to everybody else. <laughs> um all of that is just so brilliant. Uh, how can she have written that? In, I mean, she must have been writing it for years. She must have been, but she can't it have been. been. in her head, yeah. But she can't have been because Edward Sherman had died and it, it surrounded that so oh much. Oh, my gosh, I know. That was, I, you know, we didn't really talk about that a whole lot. But, yeah, yeah. Um, on email, I think I mentioned that mm. I I had heard that they would deal with his death. Yeah. That, that, you know, that it would be addressed. But I did not expect it to be the... It, it was the catalyst. It was the catalyst for all of this. Oh, uh, and for, I was weeping. All, all the funeral stuff, oh I mean. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh. It was brutal. And really But for was. them to – for him to be such a presence still all the way to the end yeah. was just um, – I mean, his family must have felt very blessed by that. Yeah. For when you know in real life, oh, but totally. for him, it was oh, just it, and the, the giant portrait. Oh my god! Oh, hilarious! And <laughs> that reminds me of one other thing that is sure to the Gilmore guys or anybody who knows the Gilmore guys ever listen to this podcast, right? Which I very much doubt. There's one specific that I remember now. Um, Demi on the Gilmore guys, I think it was Demi criticized the fact that when they toasted Richard, they said to, at the funeral, they said two absent friends, right? He said, well, it's mm-hmm. not to absent friends, it's just to Richard, which is a fair point. However, I think that what the writers were doing was saying, we're not toasting Richard, we're toasting Edward and Richard. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was why that went um, a little bit more. But isn't that also a traditional toast at a funeral? Yes, it is. And that's, yeah, so, so it's cool. kind of, it's not just about me. If you're making that toast, you're going, it's not just about my dead husband, it's about anyone here who's got right. a, a dead relative. Um, yes, it's it's acknowledging all of it. So the Gilmore guys need to broaden their perspective a little bit <laughs> on that. Um, um, yeah. 
Right. But no, that was that was just amazing that that was such it was set. He was still such a presence. And I really I really liked that. I really liked how they were showing his impact on each of the women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. individually and as a unit, yeah. you know, as, as a family, as a group, um, yeah. that was really a, a fantastic structure to One pick. of the things my sister missed was lots more conversations between the two girls in the coffee shop. There was none of that, really. There was one, no, there wasn't. one bit. And she was saying it became a bit kind of man-heavy in the sense of the Bechdel test, it started to be a lot more about these women in relation to the men in their lives, Richard and mm -hmm. the other men in their lives, which I think is a fair point. But I think the whole point is of this part in their lives is them in flux trying to figure right. out what they're doing and bouncing off and everyone around again, them and not talking to each Richard's other. Richard's death is the catalyst. Therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is informing everything. They are dealing with this, this yeah. great loss, this grief. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm okay with it in this case. I mean, in, this, in these four seasons of their, you know, this this year in their lives. Totally. This is a year in the life. Yeah, and it's a year I, in the life of Gilmore Girls. And I kind of think that if they were talking to each other lots, they would find resolution. And mm -hmm. it's the fact that even right from the first conversation, they kind of go, "But you're okay." Yeah. They don't go into it, and that's kind of the point: is that they're both depressed. They're just depressed, mm -hmm. and that's this is a, a look into that as well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, anyway, Gosh. that's enough. We've got another hour we could talk about this. I know, I know. I have to go interview important people, so. Well, you go and do that. I love the Gilmore Girls. I love these new films. I'm going to watch them mm. so many times in my yes. life. They take me to Star Hollow, Star's Hollow mm -hmm. better than the originals I, take I, me. I, I got a big kick out of the fact that they addressed the gazebo upkeep and Twinkle Lights budget at the town <laughs> meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that 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 bit of meta that the way they handled that yeah that's what i was looking for i was trying to think yes. there was one moment that made me laugh out loud oh when you first cut to kirk 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 and he's standing in front of his cinema screen and you cut to him and he's got the massive hair yes I was just, it was just like, and it's not mentioned. He's just got massive hair. And um, that, yeah. Oh, it's and just we got We got his second short film. It was 10 years in the making. Yeah, yeah. Um, 12 <laughs> years, 12 years. Uh, I'd have taken twice as much Kurt's film in replacement of the musical. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, well, or at I'm least why wasn't Kurt but... in the flicking musical? Because huh? he can't sing or dance. Well, yeah, but that's never stopped him in the past. What the hell? <laughs> but this is a professional production. I mean, they got Sutton Foster, for goodness sake. Yeah. How great was that scene between her and Lauren Graham? Yeah, great. Really nice. Yeah. That was... Yeah. Firecracker. That was nice work. Yeah. 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 Right. Time to go. Thank you, Mel. Um, Thank you, Hal. Normal podcast service will resume next week. I think Jamie's going to be back to tell us about what it's like to have a two-week-old baby. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you then. If you want to email us, we would love to hear from you. On Twitter, we're at the box set pod or at Howell and Jamie. Howell is spelled H-Y-W-E-L. Mel is at... Melifornia. Melifornia. And email us studio at theboxsetpod.com. Goodbye. Thank you. Farewell. Farewell. Good luck with you and your country <laughs> in these times uh. of strife.
Yes, thank you. I'm sure Stars Hollow won't be affected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God that's fictional. The yeah, twinkle yeah, lights yeah. are safe. <laughs>